Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name is Dave. No, it's not. <laughs> My name is Chris. Yes. Yes. You want to start it? You start it. No, that was great. You'll start it, though. Let's just have two starts. No, I'm not going to do a second start. Okay. Um, before we get started, Dave <laughs> has a lot to do. I just have to bring something up. In our last recording, um, yes. Dave says, you know, just with <laughs> utmost bravado and confidence, read the newest iTunes review. Yes. And so we read the newest iTunes yes. review, and it turns out the one that he thought that was on there yes. that referred to him as the evil genius behind Dopey yes. was removed. It was deleted. Deleted. And it was replaced by a different iTunes review that exclusively bashed Dave. Yes. <laughs> this happened. It's that true. Is God testing Dave. Well, I want to know, first of all, who in the Dopey Nation wrote that beautiful review that had me as the evil genius behind Dopey, first of all. What if he changed it? What if that was... Is the same person, <laughs> Angel Eyes, or whatever That'd that is? even worse. Now, listen. Whoever wanted to write that I interrupt too much... They can suck a dick because what am I going to do? You're opening yourself up for a new line of insults. What am I going to do? You can't handle it. Maybe I can handle it now. Maybe God <laughs> has made me strong enough. That's what I'm trying to, to say. Take the criticism. That's what this is for. But maybe it's happened. If this had happened a year ago, it would have played much worse. Listen, what the Dopey fuck? wouldn't be in existence. If what? we had this review a year ago, Dopey would be over. What the fuck am I going to do about this kind of thing? I just do my best, and I'm happy with my interruptions. If we just had a show of you and your incredible stories and everybody that you love, where would we be? You know, where would we be? Yeah. I, I have no problem interrupting you when necessary, and I'll even say that it, it, even – you know what? I don't ever think I interrupted you too much. I don't give a fuck. In those first few episodes where you got to put the phone away. That's right. Yeah, yeah. In the first few episodes, where it's not no, away. I think that this it's is on in your lap. You're taking texts and shit. Okay, this is what I think. I think in the early episodes you interrupted, but I think your interruptions are better now. In the beginning, it was um, the first. It was just the first episode. It's the only one I ever no. Remember. I did it a lot, and I th- and but look- I didn't know what the fuck. I was so scared with shit. Now I'm I'm not scared anymore. Which I don't know if that's good or bad. I was probably more humble in the beginning. No, in the first few episodes, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what Dopey was supposed to be, and I don't know that we really know now. I think we have a better idea now. But I knew that when you were telling a story. Like, I wanted those little micro moments to get bigger. And I also thought I was yeah, funny. Because well, no, if I tell a story on my own accord, the story is three minutes. If I'm telling a story with you, it's 20 minutes. And if Dopey's going to survive, we need to flesh this shit out a bit. And I think, to be honest, my interruptions were, I think it was funny to be a dick. It was like, funny, yeah. It was great, and it was. But it was also even never mind dopey. When I first met you, when, when we were in rehab, it was always so fun to talk to you because it was like you were really listening, and you would interject and ask questions. Maybe a little different, but it's the same thing. You know what I mean? That's just who, that's just what God made me to be. I think I do it with you too. I get very interested in probably very obscure things that you say. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's how that's the better conversations are where somebody's interested in details. And like, listen, if you guys think I interrupt too much, you can, guys can go suck some dicks. 
You know, because what the fuck am I going to do about it? I just make the show, man. Like Louis C.K. suck a bag of dicks? I just make the donuts. You guys can either like them or not. And everybody that loves Chris so much, listen, I think the show is better because Chris is on it. I don't. He is great on the show. His stuff is great. But... I know that if Chris did it with somebody else, <laughs> no, it would be horrible. I don't. I don't think it would be horrible, but it wouldn't be this show. It would be over. Well, maybe. No, maybe not. Maybe you and one of your friends can do the show. No, there's nobody out there I could do the show with. Um, Honestly, do you have anybody? You could probably because you can put a show on with anybody. That's the difference between you and me. Listen, this you is do a, it. You did your web series, which was very successful, and you did... Um, well, very successful. It's kind of a stretch. Uh, to me. It was successful to me, too. The point is, Dopey works because it is the two of us. And any douche... Dopey works because it requires zero preparation in showing up to do an okay show. And if we had some more time, money, were closer, we could probably do an amazing show. But the thing is, with very little effort... We can do something that's okay. Because it's just recording our... Literally, it's just our conversations. If we just recorded a phone call that we have every day or every other day, it's kind Pretty of much dope. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like the same But that's thing. the funniest thing you just said to me is like my whole litmus for my whole creative life is as long as it's okay, it's great. As long as it's not bad. If it's okay... Then it's great because any most things have things in it that are just bad, yeah. and you're like, Ugh. but if it's okay, you're like, that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's pretty yeah. good. And and, yeah. and as long as it's not bad, we're in great shape. I mean, we yeah. can't be shooting for the moon, but okay is a great place to be. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? But um, Dopey Nation, you know, you can have your feelings about me, but I love each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart, especially yeah. you, Angel Eyes. Fuckhead, wherever the fuck you are. Maybe it's a woman, though. You're kind of referring to it like it's a guy. All right. I feel like it's a guy. Wasn't it? I thought it was Joey something. Yeah, Joey Eyes. Uh, Maybe it's Joey Pepper hiding out his Joey Eyes. No, Joey Pepper left a great review. Yeah, Joey Pepper doesn't take shots at me anymore. Um, So what are we talking about this episode? We got a lot, man. We've done. We haven't even touched our notes, and we have copious notes. Indeed. But we're going to start with this. This is Artie Lang. Ugh. Artie Lang. This is interesting. It's just I don't know anything about Artie. It's I'm Artie Lang for the ride. No, this is all AA stuff. Hmm. It's Artie Lang with Craig Ferguson talking about AA. Okay, are you playing something? Yeah. Um, how are you going to make it so it hears it? Just careful. There you go. So let me tell well, you. Well, some are, some are. No, but let me because I, I I got sober. In Glasgow, with shipyard workers who are nearly all atheists, that, or communists, uh, right? But right. I, but that's a tough group to get over. No, no, because here, you know the history of it. It was Carl Jung. Yeah, I sure. Carl did. Jung was treating a guy called Roland Hazard. He was yeah. from a rich family in in New York. You know, yeah, the I, I know of it. Sure, yeah. not, not not in detail though. But well, I here's know the thing: Carl, Roland Hazard goes to see Carl Jung. He's this rich dipsomaniac in the jazz age, right? Oh, right, right. So they send him to Carl Jung. He's a, he's a disgrace to the family. And Carl Jung treats him for a year. Says you're cured, right? right. Then Roland goes to New York. Uh, no, he goes back to Paris. He's in Carl Jung's in Switzerland. He goes to Paris. He's about to sail home. He's in Paris for like. Two hours, right. and he gets shit faced, and his family are like, <laughs> "Happened to me." Well, yeah, yeah, like, like, so they, so they, uh, they, he goes back to Carl Jung, and he says, "Well, what, what can I, uh, what can I do?" And Carl Jung says, "I'm sorry, I, there's nothing I can do for you. Right, you're a chronic alcoholic. There's nothing I can do for you." Except he said, well, "There's nothing," and he says, "Well, every now and again, people have 
a religious experience right. that so alters their psyche, right, that it will uh, that it will change your personality sufficiently. It give you relief from, it, it, from that. It's unbelievable how well, right. when you finish, I'll tell you how I can relate to this right now. But go ahead. Right. So so what the what I think Bill Wilson set out to do, what I what I I'm pretty sure Bill Wilson set out to do, right, was to artificially recreate. That uh, that religious experience uh -huh. just to sufficiently alter the personality so that you could be free of the compulsion right. yeah. to drink. So you had that experience. Uh -huh. I you had went, something like that. I went through a series of uh, you know difficult times for that. You know what I didn't do? I just didn't fucking put it in my body right. even when I really wanted right. to. Well, <laughs> I, I, sometimes I think it, I like that. Yeah. I, I no, think it's, it's a, no, no, and I love that they brought up the whole Carl Jung thing. I mean, do you know the part he's talking about in the big book? Refresh me. It's when the guy Roland Hazard, he goes and he has a bunch of money and he pays to go. He literally, you know what they tried to do? He talked about Carl Jung. But they, he didn't mention this. He tried to get Freud, but it was during the whole, like, the buildup of the Nazis. Because Freud was, like, the preeminent psychologist. And Freud was busy because of Nazi Germany. And the backup was Carl Jung. And there's this thing in these, like, real big book thumpers who get really into the book is what was amazing is when Roland relapsed, right? He met with him. He basically did therapy all day, every day with Carl Jung. He left. He goes. He starts drinking again. And Carl Jung's like – what he was talking about there is moral psychology is what he called – he terms it. And it's like a spiritual experience. And Carl Jung's like the only time I've seen people change who are chronic alcoholics, the type of alcoholic Roland Hazard was, if they had this complete change of thinking. And he attributes it, he calls moral psychology, but he's really talking about a spiritual awakening. And so these big book people, like uh, historians sort of... Well, what, who really is Roland Hazard, though? He's just an alcoholic who had a bunch of money. And they're just using it as... It's in the beginning of the big book. They tell They the talk story. about Roland Hazard. Yeah, this is a story. Okay. They don't say any names. They don't say Carl Jung, and they don't say Roland Hazard. But they talk about this guy who has... Who goes and sees a really popular psychologist, you know what I mean? And he's just telling the names. So, but anyways, these people talk about... Had Roland Hazard gotten to see Freud, like Carl Jung had the humility and he was – he's a humanist, you know, and he has a different perspective that he was open to spiritual stuff. Freud wasn't. Freud would have said it's about your daddy's dick or something like that when Roland relapsed. He would have said you didn't get past like the anal or the oral. He would have said something crazy. And so they're saying that the big book, the 12 steps, everything sort of came into this beautiful book and it's this convergence of amazing miracles that sort of happened. One of them being that Freud was busy and this poor sap got to see Carl Jung, you know. And then what he's going on to say is that the 12 steps, what Bill's doing, he said artificially recreated. I don't like the word artificially. Is he's boiling away all the bullshit, all the dogma in the major world religions. And he's saying, what was this, how, how do you have a spiritual experience? How do you have this change in thinking, this moral psychology, what Carl Jung was talking about? And he did it through the steps. And Bill just drew on other stuff. He drew on the Oxford group. He drew on other, other, a bunch of different stuff, like Sermon on the Mount, Emmett Fox. He drew on all this other stuff to talk about it. There's Why don't you like the phrase artificial? Because it's not artificial. It's man-made. It's not man-made. He, he, I mean, I, this is now we're getting like crazy. Is like, I believe the big, big book was like divinely inspired. I don't think Bill wrote it with Bob. I think Bill wrote the twelve and twelve years later, sitting as uh, you know, as Bill sees it, and the twelve and twelve years later, and there's his ego. But I think what happened when he sat down, him and Bob, and they wrote the big book with the other founding members. That's not that wasn't artificial to me. It might seem like it's artificial. It's just a word, though. 
It's like when no, I know, and I just like, I drew up. This is my own crazy stuff. No, like, but really every every piece of work, every piece of art, you can call man-made, or you can call made by divine intervention. This one, okay, ego-driven or non-ego-driven. To me, artificial is ego-driven, and the big book was not ego-driven. It's funny because I started going to this big book meeting, this this big book study group. Yeah, and uh, and the guy who runs it, he's very smart, and he's he knows the shit back and forth and we're, we're in uh, how it works yeah. and he's reading the passage about uh, those uh, you know th- there are such individuals who, who incapable of thinking yeah. and he said this is the one phrase he doesn't like in the big book because it's this opinion yeah. it's this like yeah you know this, well, you, you this know, opinion you about know, that you know before the United States rarely have we seen someone fail who has thoroughly followed our path right you know what the original version was? Yeah. I have the original book with the edits. It was never have we seen somebody right. fail. And they changed it to rarely. Because they probably the pe- saw somebody fail. And the fail. people who are constitutionally incapable, I know that, that's what you're talking about. I always – people read it and they think, oh, I'm constitutionally incapable. They're talking about like sociopaths. They're talking about people who truly have SMI. See, I always <laughs> thought they were t- they were fucking with us. They were like, maybe you're constitutionally <laughs> yeah. incapable of being honest. No. You know, like, and I think, but it works. It's funny because obviously you put yourself in whatever, 1941 yeah. or whatever. When was it? I think it was 30, uh, 32, 31, 30. I don't know. It was after what? the Depression. They're said, not, no, that's they're not fucking with us. But the fact that it can read like that, like, because like everybody, I, maybe you never sat in the room and thought, Maybe I am constitutional. Of course I did. But that line stood out to that's me. That's the brilliance of that Is section. every alcoholic. Because we're all like, wait, it's me. I'm I'm constitutionally incapable of yeah. being honest. And it's like, and that's a big put up or shut up moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, and, and I, I don't know. I found, I was listening to that. I've, I've, you know, I've inundated myself with Artie Lang this last month. I'm over now. Who was that? Craig Ferguson? Yeah. He He's a talk show. Oh, yeah. Is he sober? He's 25 years. Yeah, we should get him on, dude. Yeah, we should like, write him. I like, uh, he's a purist. He's a 12-step guy. And his... And Artie his, does not like the... He was being nice in there, wasn't he, Artie? Artie was high. You, do, I could hear the dope but in I'm his just voice. saying he was like kind of... Because uh, he was saying good things about 12-step, but it seems like he doesn't really support it, right? Listen, anybody who can't get clean has problems with 12-step. Yeah, I don't because engage in that. And for our... And I just don't want to say for our listeners... There's many paths to recovery, including harm reduction and moderation. Not moderation, man, but harm reduction, and it might work for you. Dave and I are twelve step guys, and we're getting deep into this, but we don't want it. We're not thumpers. No, I'm just saying, like I like this yeah. because it's miraculous to me to be clean. Number one, yeah, and I, you know, I could not pinpoint a spiritual awakening that I had. However, when I look back and I hear that phrase that a simulated spiritual experience had to happen. Artificial. Well, he didn't say, he, he didn't say artificial. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Did he yeah. say artificial? He said Bill Wilson artificially recorded. What I, yeah. But what I'm saying is the fact is that when I look back at getting sober – it was a long, slow spiritual awakening. Well, it was what, not a white light the, you're moment. You're talking about the appendix. Okay, so in the appendix, they quote William James, right? And they say, because um, Bill Wilson had a white light experience. He woke up right. in detox. He looked at the window. He saw the fucking birds chirping. And the obsession he used was lifted immediately. And something changed. 
And then uh, William Silkworth came in, Silky, in some Towns Hospital, and he had seen Bill fucking 30 times in his, you know, in the loony bin for alcoholics back then. And he knew something was different, and even that moment. And so that was like everybody thought you had to have this radical displacement, this radical shift in thinking overnight. And then they added the appendix to the book where they quote William James, who says that um, you have a spiritual uh, experience of the educational variety. And um, that's what you're talking about. It happens over time. And it's actually a misquote because the original William James quote was a spiritual experience of the vocational variety, meaning you put work into it and then you reap benefits over time. Right. And I'd yeah. say that that explains it. But but the cool thing is because I think I, you know, I remember I was in this horrible 28 day program someplace and they showed the uh, James Woods movie. Oh, it's great. I have yeah. it at home. And I, I own like five DVDs. I own that one. And I actually like it. I it's, think it's great. There's a, there's a scene from – oh, we should fucking play it on this. So the, there's a two-minute scene where Bill talks about why – where James Woods talks As about Bill. why he drinks. And it's fucking really powerful. And, and But that, that, that scene with him in the room where he has the white light experience and you're sitting in detox – you're like, I just want a white light experience. Yeah, because it's, it's like an addiction. It's like, it's like that's like the shortcut, you know. It's like a shot. Like, where the fuck is my, yeah. like, you know, my dose? Fucking. Um, okay, should we play this? Is I think this is really powerful. But people, some people think it's cheesy, but um, play it. Um, the music's really cheesy. And this is like a pre thing. Okay, this is Lois, uh, who's Bill Wilson's wife, um, talking to Bill, um, you know, while Bill's drinking, and and Lois is asking him why he drinks, uh, just to set it up. I guess I've been afraid. Does it have anything to do with me, your drinking? No. It's not you. I've been standing here all afternoon asking myself the same questions. Why? I look out the window and I watch all the normal people walking by. It's funny. I don't think I've ever felt really normal all my life. I mean, like other people. I feel different somehow. Like I don't quite measure up. Ever since I can remember, I've had this feeling deep down in my gut, scared. I see people laughing at ease with each other. I'm on the outside looking in, afraid maybe that I won't be accepted. And then overseas, I found that a drink, a few drinks makes me feel comfortable like I always want to feel gives me courage to be with people do things to dream the money, the success, the respect it was all good for a while but 
It never seems enough. I always want doubles of everything to make me feel alive, worthwhile inside. And then it all began to slip away. I feel cheated. Angry. Always so full of fear. So I drink. More. And it makes it okay for a while. I convince myself that things will turn around tomorrow. Soon, that I'll make it all up for you, but it only gets worse. keep promising you others myself that's it no more going on the wagon that's it and i think i mean it but but the guilt and the depression i can't look in a mirror or at you especially I've stopped believing in everything. People. God. Myself. Myself. I know it sounds insane, Lois. But in spite of all this, what I want right now more than anything else another drink dun, dun, dun. <laughs> i don't know i like that i thought it was like you know it's acting and it's written but like i thought he did a good job yeah i think it's uh it's a cheesy movie but i think it's great i, I like the movie it's highly watchable movie and it can really what it can do is you know it what's can, great is days of wine and roses you seen that shit no. it's black and white uh, addiction movie i'll call it movie. anyway sorry continue it can take you back the thing that's cool about that movie, number one, James Woods is great in everything. You know he's a genius? What about him? James Woods. Why? He has an IQ of like 155. Prove it. And supposedly Give he has the largest break. penis. Yeah, in, come um, on. You, <laughs> you ever heard the James Woods yeah, rumors? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, he spreads them. He's like, I'm a genius and I have the biggest dick in Hollywood. It's yeah. like James Woods. Yeah. Um, but he's awesome in everything he's in and his dick is really big. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... I, I, I love the movie because it's like I couldn't imagine, you know, maybe I was just limited in my imagination. And also I hadn't been too exposed to AA or 12-step stuff. So that when I was at that rehab and it was, you know, highly big book oriented and they showed the movie, I could imagine it. You know what I mean? I could I – could, I, it, it put – perspective around the book you know what i'm saying like you could yeah. see the time you could see what they wore you could see what new york was like you could see what america was like yeah it's like no matter what you know of it it's like for a kid at the time who didn't know anything it just sort of made it come to life in a real way makes the big book come to life too right exactly and it's also like it, yeah it's totally true because you even read it like you read bill's story and like you get i get it he's an alcoholic and the language speaks to you but it's putting like the actual pictures with it and stuff it kind of like even though it's so outdated and i'm a you know upper middle class white guy who's christian who it should resonate the most with me, and it's still even like to me is like well, this is weird stuff. Well, it's also like your grandfather. It's like the yeah. phrases and whatever. But but that's I don't the know. beauty of it. The though, best like, time. So fucking 
you know, uh, crackheads in fucking Australia can, you know what I mean? Like it's. Well, the thing that he said, and it really, just to bring it back to me, <laughs> when he talks about uh, not feeling like you measure up, yeah, you know, that's how it feels when I read Joey I's review. <laughs> it all just, it just like I get this feeling that I suck. You know what I mean? Like, and and it's and it's just the weight of of that thing is huge. You know, that feeling less than thing. You know, and thank God I'm not looking for fucking something to take me out of that feeling at this point. Yeah. But it's it speaks to me. Yeah. You know, like to to feel less than, to feel uncomfortable, and to need something to make you feel like things are okay. Mm. You know, um, like I, I texted Chris the other day. I, I was on the train, and I was like, I'm I'm writing this thing with Brad, and I'm working on a couple things at once, and and then I had like a minute where I wasn't doing anything and I was just searching for something to take my mind out of, I was so uncomfortable in that moment. Yeah. And it's like the, and then I remembered, it's just the way you can tie ADD with addiction. Like maybe you just can't sit with yourself. Well, that's so you fucking put something in you so you don't have to tolerate yourself. Well, that's what, I mean, the goal is, I mean, I think the steps take you there where you're not restless you know, the restlessness, irritability, and discontent, the steps remove that, the untreated alcoholism piece. But still, even when the obsession's removed and the the rid is gone, um, it's still sometimes hard to sit with yourself. And that's like the 11th step stuff comes into play for me, which, I mean, there's different takes. On the 11th step, step is? Being, adding like meditation. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and they weren't even talking about like Eastern style meditation when they wrote the book again, you know, but like that's where people have taken it, you know, is a spiritual adjuncts, you know, the 11th. What were they talking about? So back then, like meditation, it meant like, um, to meditate, like this is the, the quote they used from, um, a dictionary back in the day. Uh, it would be a general doth meditate a war, and it's really just like reflecting on stuff like with purpose and thinking about it. You know what I mean? Whereas when I do meditation, it's like body scanning or trying to think of nothing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or, or following not, your breath. It's the opposite where it's like I'm not – I'm trying to stop thinking about my – it's like the opposite of really what the word meant back then and the way that they were using Well, Eastern it. meditation is to clear your mind. It's to clear your mind. And so the, when they use meditation – as I understand it, it's been taught to me, maybe I'm wrong, um, they were saying more constructively reviewing your day and stuff. And this is with your 10th step, you know, your 10th and 11th step. But um, the term, Meditate on your day. Meditate on yourself. It's a total – it's, it's yeah, really antithetical. Meditation to improve your conscious contact with God as you understood it. Their conscious contact with God, meditation um, – was probably more of a Christian sense. I don't know if it's contemplative prayer. I don't know what they – Isn't that interesting though how and how different – that the East meant, and West yeah. is totally different. That's why there's like a Buddhist guide to the 12 steps and stuff. You know, there's all different because they try to divorce it from its Judeo-Christian roots, but they couldn't get it all out. But it's hysterical though because if I was to try Which to meditate. was saying in it. Yeah. No. But if I was to meditate the way they want me to meditate, I could do it. Yeah, because that's all you do. I do yeah. it constantly. Yeah. I just think about my lot in yeah. life. You yeah. know what I mean? What's coming to me? And the whole thing is like when I meditate, I, I still think about that, but I think about it. And sometimes I'll try to like identify it and say like, like ego or whatever. 
And if I just sit there long enough, it's like something comes up like, I want this. I need that. I want this. I need right, that. Right, right, right. Then it's, I want this. I need that. Where is and this? And then it's, I want this. I need that. Give me a <laughs> But I know. And then the next second, you'll no, then, dig, 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 Yeah, but if you sit with it, you know, over prolonged periods of time, in one session, it slows down. And if you string together many sessions. You can maybe, slow it down. Yes. I hear what and you're saying. And that spills over into your daily life. Conditioning. Yes. It's like, it's true. It's like um, in that big book group, you get taken to the, I got taken to this place, this very, very spiritual, God-centered place, meaning like. Either God is everything or or God is nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, and if you can get to that point, you're right. You can slow down to that place. But I'm so fucking trapped in this mess that, like, I'm, I'm, I need to come back to it. And it's like when I can come back to that stuff, it's beautiful. But I never do. Yeah. I, I rarely ever take the time in those moments to do what is necessary to, to work my way out of them, you know, yeah. and it would be nice to do that stuff more. No, I hear that. You know, for sure. Um, that was some AA stuff. Yeah, it was super. We're, we're thumping now. Not really. Nah. We're just going over some stuff. No, oh, we just got a message on Facebook, uh, or on, uh, uh, what the fuck is this called? I just got a message on my private Instagram from... Tina Najenskanankaniki. Yeah, what did she Christina. say? She said jail stories and then with a um, little thing. With like a... Um, I'm going to tell her, we are recording right now. What did she say? She just said jail stories and then a little thing and sent a YouTube link. We are recording right now. I can't believe you interrupted for this. I know. Sorry. Go ahead. Just go ahead with what? You were about to do something. No, you have a book in front of you. What are you doing? No, I'm not going to read from this book. All right. I'm going to do... Uh, we're going to go to the notes. All right? We're pivoting. Pivot now. Um, the glitch. Let's talk about the glitch. Oh, that fucking glitch. You want to talk about the glitch? Sure. Or should we need him some, hit him with some dopey? I'll hit him with some dopey real quick. Um, I just remembered. I, my, I was dating this girl... In California, right? And um, she was divorced, and her ex-husband was a veterinarian, right? And uh, he had – it was hard. You couldn't get syringes easily in California. You know, it wasn't like – they passed some law that you could get them, but you couldn't really get them. Like, you had one. When I was there, you could yeah, not you buy had to say it was hard as fuck, right? So but the but, needle exchange makes it much better. Yeah. Well, I was in Orange County. There wasn't, like, a needle exchange nearby. And so, um, anyways, she had a bunch of syringes because her ex-husband – they had all these animals. Her ex-husband was a veterinarian. He'd administer all the medicine and stuff. So he still had, like, all his syringes and his drugs at her house even though he didn't live there anymore. And so I was just like rummaging through all his shit and I found in her freezer a bottle of this shit called Tealazole and I was like, what is this to the girl I was dating? And she's like, oh, she's like, that's what like he uses to knock the animals out if he has to. And I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even research it on the internet. I just started mainlining it. 
<laughs> and I'd shoot it. It was T E L A Z O L, and it would like knock. It like I'd like wake up like an hour later, be like what happened? <laughs> what would she do? She'd be like, "Honey, do you want some more she tequila?" Was, like, off in the other room, sulking. Like, she was clinically depressed. She was not a happy. She didn't mind you shooting the tequilas off in the fridge. She minded me stealing the Norcos from her purse. But not the Tealazole. The Tealazole you could have your way with. No, she didn't really care about the Tealazole. But I looked it up, and it's like uh, something they use in lieu of ketamine. Okay, so that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Um, you, should we play? Let's play that voicemail. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we play that now? Might as well. All right. Um, what was the woman's name? It was like D- Demeter? Well, she said, do not call her Demeter. It's, it's Demata. Yeah, Demita. <laughs> How do we say it, Demata? Demita. Oh, I got to respond. She re- wrote me again. She wants to know about... She was inquiring about my love life. Yes. Lots of women are totally enamored with Chris through Dopey. All but and, the one that counts. And they want, <laughs> they want to know all about his love life. And they also like want to have sex with him and, and love him. Yes, they're all mistaken in their wants. Chris on Dopey is somehow irresistible and adorable. Not in real life. I don't know. You do all right. Do I? No, I guess not. <laughs> but it's 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 interesting. Well, I'm very happy with my current situation. All right, you ready? Oh, look. Look at that. What? Tim just wrote us. That was nice. Are you ready to hit play? Oh, no, I'm not ready. I thought you were ready. I'm ready. Oh, you hit it. Chris and Dave, hi. Um, so, I am basically writing, not writing, recording this memo because I um, I want to share my story and I've heard your podcast since the very beginning. I've emailed you even and I fucking love it. You guys are my heroes. I um I emailed you back in it like like months ago. I got a good reply from you guys and then I didn't reply for the following reasons which will probably become clear but uh pretty much my life got stuck into a shit spiral where um uh okay, let me start. Um, so I'm from New Zealand, as you can probably gather. Um, I lived in the UK for a year and nine months, supposed to be two years, um, with my fiance, who is now my ex-fiance. And, um, um, where should... Where should I begin? Like, I don't even have a funny story. All of my stories are really fucking sad. They pretty much <laughs> involve me. Um, uh, so I, I become a... Um, in New Zealand, all you can get is uh, weed and meth. And that's a huge, like, disparity of drugs because you got your, like, chill drug... And then you've got your really fucking hard drug. And, like, that's it. And I started off with the cannabis. And then um, when I got older, um, I I went around traveling Southeast Asia with my um, 
then, uh, you know, fiancé, boyfriend thing, and um, found out that over-the-counter you can get Valium and Xanax and anything you want. And one day a waiter comes to our table and when we were on the coast of Cambodia and he puts down the menu and then he goes, oh, um, and uh, by the way, I, can, um, I also offer you uh, crack cocaine, methamphetamine, yabba, uh, marijuana, um, uh, opium, heroin, anything else that you uh, want, I'm assuming for dessert, I don't know. And... Um, so me and my boyfriend, we were like, um, that sounds, um, that sounds, uh, interesting. Let's, uh, we'll have the yabba. Thank you. And, uh, yabba is like this vanilla-y, it's a pill and you smoke it off like tinfoil and it's like the nicest smell. It's like incense, but it's essentially meth. And for like a week straight, we, uh, did yabba off this, um, like, yabba every day. It was really cheap, and uh, I don't remember any of it. All I remember is that one morning at 6 a.m. that I hadn't slept for, like, three or four nights, um, I was like, to my fiancé, I was like, um, I'm going to go get a tattoo. Um, and he was like, okay, cool, bye. And I was like, don't you want to know what the fuck tattoo I'm getting? And I didn't say that. I just walked out the door and I find an old shed where this uh, Cambodian man with a really long pinky fingernail worked. And he had this portfolio of hideous tattoos. And I was like, that one. Um, And put it on my lower back. Um, And... God damn, if you saw it, you'd be so disgusted. It's a tramp stamp, and it's disgusting. And, and it, like, brings back memories of this, like, crazy meth binge. And then um, after, like, a week of this meth binge, he, um, he was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with it. Like, I'm, I, I don't really want to do that anymore. And I was like, that's weird. I, like, that's kind of crazy to me. Like, we're, we've got access to it. I want to keep doing it. Um, like, I, I didn't really say that to him, but um, behind his back, I used to be like, I'm going for a walk. And I would go to a tuk-tuk driver and be like, Yabba? And they would be like, come with me. And we'd drive to the middle of nowhere. And then he'd give me, like, meth. And then I'd smoke meth in the bathroom while I was supposedly taking a shower for like while we were seeing Anchor Wat, you know, the day we went and saw the most beautiful like wonders of the world, I was high in fucking meth. Like, gosh, damn, <laughs> that is so fucked up. And um, and then um, we come back to New Zealand, and like um. I'm so addicted to Valium, and I'm so addicted to meth, and I um, go to this rehab where they prescribe me as much Valium as I want, because they know, like, if you stop abruptly, then you'll have a seizure, and I knew that because I'd done my research in um, Cambodia, and... So I was, like, already preempting my... I'd already been emailing the rehab, like, prepare for me when I land because um, 
uh, I'm going to need Valium straight off the plane. And um, I um, then find a friend who's got meth because I've been introduced to it and I liked it. And um, uh, so we do all that. Didn't, re- didn't think for a second I was an addict. Um, thought it was strange that my fiancé didn't want to keep doing drugs, didn't really notice that, um, didn't want any of my Valium or anything. And um, then uh, fast forward, I moved to the UK where he's from. And um, over there, it's like so different to New Zealand. Like not only is there meth and weed, but there's crack and there's heroin. And that just, like, unleashed the devil inside of me that had been dormant for fucking years. And um, I took the heroin. Oh, my God. And also, Jesus, there was a deep, dark net which I found. And um, that was such a bad thing for me to find, for an addict to find, is a deep, dark net. And um, I... I'd go from uh, from Valium to heroin to injecting heroin to having seizures to just, like, in and out of hospital. Can't, can't imagine the grief and the fucking stress and the pressure that I put on my fiancé. We had this wedding planned out, and um, uh, just before the wedding happened, um, I have a seizure, and his family is there, and they're all, like... They've got me restrained, pretty much, and they're like, you need to go. You need to go home. You need to go home right now to New Zealand. Um, I know what the fuck you're going to do. You need to get help because we cannot deal with you anymore. This has been like a year and nine months of them putting up with me at that point. So fully agree, fully like responsible for and fully understand why they'd want to kick me out. And, um, and then I'm here in New Zealand. Um, this only happened like two months ago. And then my fiance broke up with me, um, hit the lowest point of my life, like really lowest point. And, um, this is like now that like I'm 22 years old, just in reference. So it's a Saturday night for me. Um, everyone's out partying, drinking, I just went to an NA meeting, um, going to rehab on the 15th of May, and um, I'm fucking doing it for real this time, and I'm really, like, I know I'm an addict, and I, like, listen to you guys because you fucking relate to me, you, like, make your, you guys are happy, you're what I want, I, I, I want to strive to be like when I'm sober and get my life together and not have to live in this constant whirlwind of crisis after crisis. And, yeah, like, fucking just really, really love the podcast, you guys. And, um, yeah, wish me luck on um, my rehab. It's... Uh, I'm fucking determined, mate, and I'm really, really motivated. I go to NA every single day. 
I've gone to 30, oh, I'm going to be doing 30 and 30 because um, I can't do 90 and 90 because of my rehab day, but I would have if it was pushed back. But, um, yeah, so um, that's my little little story for y'all. And, um, yeah, I really, really love you both. And it's, I've never met you, but I fucking love you. <laughs> anyway, hope you guys are having a nice day. And, um, yeah, <laughs> bye-bye. So that was a very cool voicemail from New Zealand. Oh, yeah, it was really good. And the sound quality was amazing. And Demita is definitely interested in you. Why do you have to keep saying that? Stuff? Because she said she was... She uh, was just betrothed. Her, her heart is... What? <laughs> she was just... She, she was just uh, engaged. What is that? The, the wedding. Thing? Listen, I just... She's in a vulnerable space, my friend. And besides, I uh, am taken. I'm just saying it's sweet. And, and, um, and Demita has a bunch of time now. She has a few, few 24 hours, and she's doing good, and we're rooting for her. I know. She seems really cool. I forgot to respond to her last thing. It well, she asked, you if, she asked you, I think her phrase was, are you still too much of a pussy to ask the girl out was yes, the phrase. Yes, I will always be too much of a pussy to ask But that's out. also why you're so irresistible, which is very sweet. What right? do you mean? It's the aw shucks. It's the, oh, shucks. It's the why you are the special. It's because you're just that guy, you know? Why? Because I'm, because I'm shy? Well, it's shy and, because, listen, I don't, I don't want to put you in a box. But it's like, it's a million things happening at once, which results in humility. <laughs> but it's not humility. No, it just looks like humility. yeah. It just comes out as humility, but it's a million conflicting things that comes out. You understand? That works what I'm my vape. So it's a bunch of character defects that come together to form steam. Spirituality. <laughs> I didn't say spirituality. Spir- artificial spirituality. No, it's the aw shucks. It's yeah. the aw shucks. Anyway, here's so we love Demita, and I we love. Yes, thank from you, Demita. That was awesome. Let's do another one. We should get you on uh, Skype. Yeah, Phone maybe call yeah, maybe, something. maybe you can Skype with Demita yeah. sometime. <laughs> um, here, this is an email we got that I liked. Hi, Dave and Chris. My name is Caitlin. I am 28 years old, and I just wanted to say how much I love your podcast. I have 33 days clean today from heroin. My friend introduced me to your podcast, and I have to admit, at first it was a huge trigger. As soon as I listened to it, I had to go get high. It brought back so many memories. See, we're a big trigger. Mm. Anyway. But continue what you said. Now, I can't stop listening to it. You guys are so funny and make me laugh. The most I've laughed in a long time. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Your stories remind me not to go back down the road. I know I'm still very new to recovery, but listening to you helps me get through the day. I just wanted to thank you. I am from Albany, and it's really exciting to hear you mention rehabs and places I've been before. I wish I could meet you guys someday. Maybe you can Skype with Chris sometime. Um, I always wanted to share a small story. I was listening to one of your episodes one day. I can't remember which number it was, but it was when Chris said he used saliva to mix up Coke. I've never done that before, uh, but I've never done that before. My one time I was with my friend. We had just picked up my paycheck and got a bundle. Me being the nice drug addict I was or being taken advantage of constantly gave my friend two free bags. 
We were in the parking garage of my job getting ready to shoot up. I'm almost ready to do my three bags when my friend starts saying how his needle is clogged. He had already mixed up all of the dope with the water. The solution was in the rig, and right before he shoots it, it clogs. He decides to take the plunger out and empty the contents into his mouth as to not lose the dope. He spits the solution back into the spoon with all of his saliva and tries to draw it back up. We had no water in the car to make it more liquidy. He ended up not being able to, so reluctantly I gave him two more bags to do. Your story just reminded me of this, and I'm sure Chris isn't the only one that tried using his spit. The things we do to get high. Anyways, I just wanted to share this little story and let Chris know he isn't alone. Thank you guys so much for what you do. One day at a time, I honestly believe you guys saved my life and helped me stay sober for this long so far. Thank you. That was great. Amazing. It was heartfelt and... Very, very, very cool. It was amazing. Very, very, very cool. And then uh, I'm going to read the one that um, Tim just got, the guy we had on last week. Uh, Tim emailed us and, uh, after he was on the show, and he said, Thanks for having me on. I truly believe you guys are providing a much-needed venue for healing this fucked-up epidemic. You help turn the shame, guilt, and dirt of our past into fertile soil for new growth and possibility. I'm honored to be a member of the Dopey Nation. Right awesome, on. dude. Right on. Awesome, dude. Good deal. Okay, let's see what we got in the notes, man. I thought you had all these notes. I now do. Now you're fucking being sheepish. I have tons of notes. Yeah. Uh, I have, you know, oh, you, the dopey cab. Tell we didn't the dopey tell about cab. the glitch. Let's do that on the other one, actually. Oh, the glitch. Let's talk about the glitch. The dopey cab or the glitch? No, no, no. Do, we'll do dopey cabs. We'll talk about in a little bit later. Okay, so the glitch. It's it's almost anticlimactic now because it's a month ago, but a month ago, maybe it was even six weeks ago. It was a morning. I remember. It was a Wednesday morning. Every morning, <laughs> I remember. I actually noticed it at night. Because I'm a night bird. I noticed it at like 2 a.m. Right. I, I was, logged in my phone and we usually like, you know, I, I like we release a new episode. Really good statistics for us would be like if we get 100 downloads in an hour. That's like amazing. But that happens when we newly release something, you know. And I looked at my phone and it's like we had like 500 in an hour. But it, and it was not the day. We always and do it was the a best. Days after. We yeah. always do the best the two days after we release. Yeah. This was fucking Wednesday. Yeah. So it was a Tuesday night for me. It was like right. Wednesday morning at 2 a.m. Right. Right. And so it was like 500 downloads in an hour. I remember thinking like, whoa. Like, that's What's pretty- this? And I actually Googled Dopey Podcast because I was like, maybe something happened. And then I went to bed, woke up, and there had been like 1,000 downloads over the no, night. No, I woke up in the morning, and it's like you feel when you go to bed before the snow starts falling. Or and like then when you, you w- slam dope and you're getting petted by Jesus. Who gets petted by Jesus? Isn't that your thing, getting petted by Jesus? No, that was an email oh, that we was got. an email we got, yeah. No, I've never been petted by Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't even a guy. He said that he heard it's like being petted by Jesus. Right. That was the Rasta dude from right. fucking the uh, artist. Brooklyn or something. The artist, yeah. yeah. I wonder what happened to that guy. He's gone. He never sent us a painting. Anyway, in the morning, I wake up and there's fucking 2,000. Our best day up to that point was 1,000 downloads in a day. At 8 in the morning, we were up to 2,200 downloads. And I was like, holy shit, we have arrived. And I called Chris and I said, do you think this is real? I knew right off the rip. I was like, what did I say? I said it was like 80% no. The answer was it was not real and we knew it because we didn't have corresponding information. And iTunes fucked up, but we got very excited. But the fucked up thing, that's not the fucked up thing about the glitch. The fucked up thing about the glitch is that Chris and I bow before the graph 
of dopey <laughs> downloads every every day. So we can't, honestly, the only reason I say I don't want to say the only reason, but. There's a very good chance Dopey wouldn't be in existence if it wasn't for this chart. Because Dave and I get to look at this chart every day or every few days, and we get to see that we're slowly growing. Growing. You know, and it's been growing for a year and a half almost now. Slowly. And it keeps us going slowly. I would say if that chart was not growing at all or if it was staying, I think there's a good chance we might stop. Definitely. Yeah. And so we look at this stupid well, little chart. Well, here's a question. Let's say we stopped right now, right? Right and now? Ev- no. Oh, it's going to plateau. There has to be a plateau to recovery-based podcasts, even though we're not recovery-based. We are not. We are recovery-based. This yeah. whole episode is about AA. Yeah. But the plateau is nowhere soon. I'm just saying – I don't – I mean the phrase plateau. I'm just saying that like if it stopped right now, right, and every day – from here on end, we got 500 downloads every day. Yeah. That's it. How many weeks before we would say, let's just stop doing it? Or would we do it for the 500 that we get every day? Oh, God. How uh, long would it take? Before I gave up? Sure. When would you lose interest? How many weeks? A couple months. Months. So you're yeah. saying 12 weeks. What about you? Uh, I have no idea. I, I, don't, I wouldn't give up. I don't give up. You're saying that, but you would. I, the only way I would you do it for years, if you showed up. I mean, actually, you know, I enjoy doing it. it if you showed up, preventing the only thing that prevents it, I would do it forever if it was five hundred downloads a day. But um, if we like lived in New York, if I lived in New York close to you, or I lived in fucking where you live, the truth is, it's, it's so hard for me to make this happen. Dopey Nation, I had to drive four and a half hours to get here. Today. I think you said five and a half hours. Five and a half hours with pee breaks. Pee break. Pee break. It's like almost like an emergency remember break. The, oh, remember Nick Reiner, pee break? Let's call Nick Reiner. What was the answer? Oh, right, right, We right. were like, pee break, and you made fun of us for it. Ugh. All right, this is, uh, we're calling Nick Reiner, son of Rob Reiner, to see if he answers the phone. Um, and that's going to be a regular theme on here. What do you think? Do you think he answers it? Uh, I say yes. 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 Oh, wow. And then we're going to call Todd. Okay. And if he answers it, we're cutting. We're giving him a couple minutes to tell a story. Do you think we should hang up on it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If he doesn't answer, I'm gonna leave a voicemail. What are you gonna say? Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Three, one, You don't want to hit the phone number. Stop it, stop it. Good call. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. There you go, man. Goodbye. Is that a surprise or what? I'm shocked. We're going to try Todd now. Let's see if Todd's is full. Todd's isn't full. He's got nobody that calls him. You don't know that. Yeah, but you gotta hear the ring Alright, that's the show. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. I forgot to tell the that shows the well that shows the dopey nation. When you use, you're not available. Your call has been forwarded to an op- I really want I forgot to tell the flaming couch story. 
Let's do it um, in the thing we're doing after this. All right. Uh, All right, wrap it up. Say goodbye. Where are we at? We're done. What else do we have to do? Um, Listen, if you guys think... That I that I interrupt too much. Is you know, still stuck on this? I just want to use this as my parting shot. What, tell me, what the fuck am I going to do about it? Honestly, I, I just do my best over here. So, Dopey Nation, stay strong. You, wait, you don't think that's a strong ending? I think it's a good ending. It's beautiful. That's your ending. <laughs> uh, toodles is my ending. You know that. I I don't you know. Hear how- people talk about that on the plane. Yeah. Toodles. Do you think they do? Do I believe Billy Baru? Listen, you don't you think he's lying? I don't think he's lying. He's not lying. But I don't think he misheard either. Do you think it's a true story then? Well, you're talking yourself it's into just so a true unbelievable. story. It's unbelievable. It's just so unbelievable. So you're having a quasi spiritual awakening to the truth of Billy Baru's story. An artificial spiritual You're artificially <laughs> awakened. You know, I sat with him the other day, yeah. and he got so upset that I questioned the honesty of the statement. And just for the Dopey Nation, before we go, one Is of our... Is he still listening to every episode? Every episode. What's up, Billy Baru? Billy Baru. Randy, a.k.a. Randy. Don't, you can't I can say, say Randy. No, I can't you say his can't. last name. Mm. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. You're positive. That's what he said. He wants to be called Billy Baru. All right. Um, but whatever. I, I have Sorry, breakfast with Billy, Billy Baru... About, I don't know, once a month, once every six weeks. Yeah. And every time I question, he, he told a story that he got on a plane to North Carolina and he's getting off the plane and he goes, oh yeah, the episode is so funny. I love it when Chris says toodles at the end. And Billy Brew's like, <gasps> you know, yeah. it's dopey. Yeah. But so when I question that story, I, I, he gets very upset. Yeah. And he's like, there's no way I would lie about that. Yeah. So, looking into his face, looking into the the eyes, I know he was not lying. And to think that he imagined it <laughs> would be like thinking he's insane. <laughs> totally insane. Okay. When you all sit right, in right, front right, of right. him, right. but then at the other hand, the um, imagine being on an airplane and having somebody... Imagine you're in front of somebody and they say, I love it when Chris says toodles. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen to you? You'd like funny. you'd burst into flames or something. I would lean forward and say toodles. Is that what you do? Yeah. No way. You would that's everything would hit you at once. You'd be feeling godlike and pathetic and you'd want to say something and you would say toodles? You would sit back. I'd say I have something no. for you. You'd squirm a dopey card in between them. Oh man. All right. All right, toodles. Write a review. Fucking Please, a Reddit review, iTunes review, we just love. It's our crack. It's the only thing. We I don't love it anymore. We got. I don't love it anymore. Please drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're the person that um, gave us the three-star review for uh, yes. for Dave, yeah. consider uh, lightening it up a little bit. Yeah, maybe you can fucking edit that fucking shit. Yeah. Junior, whatever your name is, Joey. Okay, and wrap it up. Good night. Dopey Nation. Stay strong. Above all else, stay strong. And if you're on the fence, you know. Do, the, do what you can do for yourself because we love you and okay. we want you to be well. All right, toodles. You don't want them to be well? I do. Be well. Be well. And toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. 
wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I wanna take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I wanna see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I wanna be good, so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller. smaller and smaller and it's high noon where I stand and I wonder would they pay it any mind when I leave this busted city far behind I'll take the high road however far it winds because peace and love are very 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 hard to find and I want to be good so bad So bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad. And I wanna call my dad. And it's all I ever had. 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 And these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had. And I wanna. I ever had.